from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all doing well and enjoying your morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Always appreciate having you here on the broadcast and on the show, and always appreciate you checking out everything that has to do with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, which not only includes Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, but also Super Powered Pop with DT and EB as well as the new Dan on Disney, my Disney show. So Dan on Disney, D-O-D, and and uh, also the trivia. Trivia is coming back to Central and Upstate New York, uh, brought to you by Wake Up Call uh, Trivia. Wake Up Call Trivia will be returning, and we will be calling home every Tuesday at 7 o'clock, Press Room Pub on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse. And I also uh, want to thank everybody that supports CNY Game Show Night the last Thursday of every month at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. So, so many different things when it comes to Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, and I thank each and every one of you for your support of all of them. Coming up on today's show, we got a jam-packed show of awesome, awesome conversations coming up. First and foremost, in just a couple of minutes, around 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be featuring Joe Corley, the head coach of the West Genesee Wildcats football team, who have advanced to the Section 3 championship game up against CNS after winning a close one against Liverpool. Joe Corley and I will speak on that Liverpool game, speak on the team as a whole, the move forward being in the Dome, and the uh, very, very cool chant that they do, uh, interesting chant that they do at the end of their victories as they're moving on and the next game just how they handle that so very excited about that opportunity and i can't wait to speak with joe corley in just a few moments and then after speaking with joe corley we have plenty of syracuse conversations coming up here on today's broadcast the first one the first couple uh, between 9 30 and 10 a.m eastern time you'll hear my one-on-one conversations with syracuse wide receiver taj harris and syracuse running back jarvion howard taj harris and jarvion howard are both true freshmen both scoring for the orange both scoring in this last game against nc state and both doing some great things for a team that is now bowl eligible in their first season at 6-2 and two with four games to play. So Taj Harris and Jarvion Howard will be on the show in the first hour around 9, between 9.30 and 10 a.m. this morning. And then Floyd Little, living legend of Syracuse and the NFL and a good friend of mine, will rejoin me on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora coming up in just a little bit. He will be on the show around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We will be joined by the living legend Floyd Little to speak on the 6-2 and two Orange and so much more. And the Orange being ranked for the first time in 17 years, uh, being in both polls, which is absolutely tremendous and amazing. And a big shout out to Syracuse for that achievement and uh, the continued achievement of the Orange. And 
And let me preface by saying these are all wonderful things, but Syracuse should not slow down by any stretch of the imagination. They should not become complacent. Their desire to continue to win should continue so that they can get to where they want to be because there's obviously goals beyond being 6-2 and two and beyond being bowl eligible. The ingredients to success will round out today's show proudly presented by Utica Pete's company and it's a Utica thing. We'll be talking about Syracuse around 10.50 a.m. Eastern time. The ingredients to success proudly brought to you by the team that brings you their riggy line of vodka riggy, roasted garlic riggy, chicken riggy, veggie riggy, and piggy riggy, as well as their balsamic Italian dressing, their red pepper, and their famous tomato pie at stores located all throughout central and upstate New York and the state of New York as a whole, including Nichols, Spiras, Beacon Skiff, Price Chopper, and Stewart Shops. Make sure that you pick up your Utica Pizza Company, it's a Utica thing, sauces today in their marinade, their marinara sauce, we call it marinade if you're Italian, so that's how we say it, and you can go out there and get that for yourselves today, and you can also go to Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, to get yourself the wake-up call number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza. If you call in advance, they'll make you slices, 315-214-3060, that is 315 315- Two one four thirty sixty. So plenty to love, plenty to enjoy when it comes to Utica Pete's company. And thank you to all the great partners of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora that helped to make this show possible and help us to do great things in the community. We'll take a step aside here for just a moment. When we come back, Joe Corley will grace the stage. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't show up. 
For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always proud to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And a God bless to each and every single one of you out there. I hope that you are enjoying your day, enjoying the early part of your week and making the most of it. Speaking of enjoyment, there's a team that has plenty to enjoy. I sat down with them at the beginning of the season. We just sat down this past week going into the game against Liverpool. And now here we are on the airwaves this morning here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora with the head coach of the West Genesee Wildcats football program. And that is none other than Joe Corley who has continued to win over CBA at home, then go on to CNS and defeat Liverpool in a close one, and will face CNS inside of the Carrier Dome this coming weekend. As always, Coach Corley, happy to have you and happy to be here on the air with you. How are you doing today? Thanks, Dan. Glad to be on the air and glad to still be playing. And, and Coach, uh, bring me into this game uh, through your eyes. You've had some time to let it marinate, sit down with it. Just what you could say about the team's ability to face adversity and respond effectively against Liverpool this past weekend. That's been what they're all about all year, Dan. These guys have been through the ups and downs. They've been down. Um, they've responded, and I'm just so proud of them for for just their ability to fight through those times and come out on top. It's been, it, it's been really impressive, and I'm awfully proud of them. What is it about this team that is able to withstand the adversity? What have you seen from the guys this season that has really shown you that when when they have that knocked down onto the ground, that they have that ability to get back up? What What is it about this team that makes it special and, and strong enough to handle those moments? I think to start, it's just the fight that they each have individually. These guys don't quit on themselves. But more importantly, they don't quit on each other. They have tremendous team unity, and that's not something that started this year. That's something that's been going on for as long as I've known this group. I I met these guys and first began formally working with them in the summer of 2015 when they were ninth graders in the weight room, and I, I, I saw it that summer. You know, the way these guys just enjoyed being around each other. They pushed each other, and, uh, I mean, they had fun working out together in the weight room and I, I just saw something in this group that was special and I knew that when push comes to shove they're going to have each other's backs and they're not going to lay down for anybody. Speaking here with Joe Corley as his team the West Genesee Wildcats gets set to face off in the Dome for the Section 3 championship. Coach uh, thoughts on uh, before we go back to Liverpool a little bit here thoughts on uh, the upcoming game with with CNS you know, a lot of respect to to that team, obviously, here in Central and Upstate New York. Just your thoughts on, on their performance and just what you're going up against coming up here in the Dome. Well, I told my guys yesterday we have to respect our opponents, and rightfully so, because they've, they've earned the right to be where they are. I mean, they're right now, they are considered the standard of Section 3, and rightfully so. I mean, look at what they've done and continue to do, not just this year or last year, but in the last three years. I mean, they haven't lost... Um, 
to a regular season game in three years now. They haven't lost to a Section 3 team since the Section 3 finals two years ago, and they're not just winning. They're blowing teams out. Um, so they, they deserve our respect. They're very talented. They're very well coached. Coach Klein and his staff have done a great job um, kind of waking up the sleeping giant uh, out in Cicero, for lack of a better phrase. So um, they, they deserve our respect. They've earned it. So we know we need to come in this week and have our best week of preparation and be ready to play our best football we can possibly play and play that perfect game on Saturday to have a shot. To speak on uh, your quarterback here, Tyler Cook, just what your takeaways have been from him up to this point, his poise, his ability to help lead the team down the field. Just your thoughts on Tyler. Tyler's an athlete, and he's a very good quarterback, but more than anything, Tyler's a competitor. When you watch this kid play, he refuses to go down on first contact. He's breaking tackles. He's making people miss. He extends plays, and he has the ability uh, somehow to, to keep his eyes down downfield as he's eluding pressure. I mean, there's been so many times where I think a play is dead, and then all of a sudden Tyler pops out and, and finds a receiver downfield for a first down. He's just he's that kind of clutch player. I think that's a testament to his competitiveness. Um, what impresses me the most is his ability, you know, to make a mistake and then not let it affect him the rest of the game. He threw two interceptions in the last game, but was able to shut that right off and get and get back on it the, the very next drive. Um, so his mental toughness, his ability to handle the emotions of the ups and downs of the game has just been amazing this year, and I'm just really really proud of him because. Tyler's worked very hard for this. He's been working for this his whole life, and I'm just happy to see it paying off for him now. And when we see uh, some of the plays on the other side of the ball, uh, Chandler McCavin, who was obviously with us at the Wildcats Sports Pub this past week going into the game, uh, Chandler recovered a fumble, thought he had gotten into the end zone. Tyler Cook took it from there. Just what you could say about these big-time defensive plays like the one by Chandler McCavin to recover the ball and get the team to the one-yard line to help Tyler Cook in the offense to get that touchdown as well in the game against Liverpool. Another one who is just a, a fierce competitor. Chandler's got a knack for making the big play at, at a big time, whether it be on offense or defense. He just always has a way of getting himself in the right spot. Um, and I, I think along with that, it's just his general, his overall toughness. Um, he doesn't back down from anybody, uh, whether they're bigger, stronger, faster, does not matter. Chandler rises up to the occasion no matter what the situation is. And Brad May has obviously come up big for you. Brad May is uh, is no stranger to wake up call with Dan Satora. The first time that I sat down with you, Coach, he was sitting there with us, and he had the opportunity and took the opportunity into the end zone to have the touchdown difference. It was 14-10 to Liverpool before the Brad May one-yard touchdown run response. Just what you can say uh, about what Brad May has been to this team, his athleticism and his leadership as you continue to move forward. Well, all year long, we've had three productive running backs, and Brad, Eddie Hebert, and Xavier Brumfield, and it seems like um, one of those guys is stepping up for us every week, and it's not always the same guy, but these last few weeks, it seems like Brad has really taken over the team and, and taken control of our offense, at least out of the backfield. It's almost like um, he decided, hey, I'm, I'm the captain, I'm the senior, I'm the guy, it's time for me to take over and lead this team to success, and that's exactly what he's done. He's, uh, he's a great kid. He has, he has a way of, of, of bringing uh, just, just a very loose and relaxed personality to the practice field, but, but always takes it serious, um, never lets his team lose focus, but it just has a way of keeping the mood light so the guys enjoy being out there. And that, to me, is a leader. You know, he kid that can just be himself but do things the right way. It's, it, it's a lot of fun coaching Brad, and it's even more fun watching the kid play, as you can see, the last few weeks. 
And when you see guys, you know, step up, and obviously you talked about time. You know, this has taken time. This didn't happen overnight. This is a team that has progressed itself over over a period of time that you've watched them grow. Just just to, you know, speak on, on that, on how this team developed through the adversity. We talked about it on the field after your win at home against CBA in the first part of the playoffs. To go a little bit deeper in into the fact that this is not an overnight sensation and, th- and this is not how you know, uh, how things come about. Everybody sees the, the dividends, but the work that gets put in beforehand is the, is the stuff that nobody gets to see. So just to speak on this team, grinding it out and, and finding ways to come together and grow together to get to a point like this. This has been a four-year process for me. Like I said, I, I first started working with this team directly when they were freshmen in the weight room in 2015. And uh, going into the 2016 season, our JV team that year, when these guys were sophomores, they had big numbers, they had talent, um, they, had, they had made a lot of progress in the weight room, and a handful of those guys um, probably could have been on varsity that year. In fact, quite a few of them probably couldn't have been. But um, to me, I, I felt like with this team, I had a sense that there was a very strong unity, and I decided that I wanted to keep these guys together on JV, let them grow together as a team, let them build relationships and become a family, and let them achieve success together. Um, I felt like that was going to be a bigger factor to them being successful at the varsity level than it would getting a handful of those guys uh, varsity experience. So this this has been a, a building process now for several years in the making. Um, but you could you could see every single year from the time they were ninth graders, these guys got a little bit better. They got a little closer, and they finally got their chance to get on the field last year as varsity players, as juniors. And um, you could see them right off the bat uh, contributing on the field. But just more importantly, just just the way they enjoyed practicing and playing together every single day. It wasn't just Friday night. I felt like every day in the practice field was a success for these guys because we could see the growth uh, day to day. We, we didn't win as many games as we would have liked to last year, but uh, we, as coaches and as, as a team, when you put the film on Saturday morning, you could see things that we were doing better, that we were improving on from, from the previous week. So this really has been a process now for four years that is finally now as seniors paying off the way we always wanted it to. Speaking here with Joe Corley, head coach of the West Genesee Wildcats football team as they get set for the Section 3 championship. Uh, this season the team is 8-1. and one. You only have one loss, and uh, and that loss coming to CNS. Just you know, your thoughts on meeting them again, seeing them again, and knowing that you know your team has been able to hold it down throughout the entire season despite that one game. Is there a sense in an air of revenge, avenging that loss? Just bring me into the fact that your team is, has obviously done what they needed to do to get to where they are, and that one pesky loss is to a team that you're going to face in just a few days. I don't like to base uh, you know, a week too much on revenge. I mean, obviously the kids have a chip on their shoulder and they feel they have something to prove. Um, you know, this is certainly an opportunity to take down the Goliath of Section 3, and I think, I think that alone is enough motivation for these guys to get after it this week. But really, for me, it's, it's, it's not so much about revenge, but about let's look at what didn't go right the first time we played it, and let's find a way to make it better. Let's make some adjustments. Let's correct some technique. Let's correct some scheme. Whatever we got to do, um, some mental mistakes that may have taken place, um, let's make those corrections and put ourselves in a position um, to, to succeed at the things that we failed at 
uh, you know, week five. I, I just look at it as an opportunity, you know, to retake a test that we failed the first time around. So certainly, you know, I, I don't use the term revenge, but I, I think these guys feel they have something to prove. I think they left the football field week five feeling confident that they know they're able to compete with a team as, as good as CNS. But I also think there was that sense of disappointment, like they let some opportunities slip. And they want to have a chance to fix those mistakes and go at it again. And, you know, here we are, uh, week 10, going into the championship, and we get that shot. So we're going to give it the best we got. How do you keep that focus, Coach? I mean, obviously the, the team is the team is winning, and so that is, you know, a positive to get to where you are right now. And on top of the victories that you have and being in the Section 3 championship, uh, playing a Goliath that, that so many people around the community are talking about and have a lot of respect respect for, has it been difficult to corral the team? Has it been difficult to, to keep them focused? Or has this been a team that has shown its maturity and has locked down and hunkered in and said, listen, we know that there's a lot of outside noise, but we can only play from the inside out? That, that maturity is what I think is, is showing right now. We, we came off of the, of the win over FM. That was obviously uh, kind of an ultimate high force at that point in the season and really for these guys in their careers. Um, that, was, that was the biggest win we'd had in many, many years. Um, maybe my biggest win in my career as a head coach just because of the importance it had for our team and our program. And we, we did see a little bit of a drop-off that week uh, of preparation going into the Rome game. And um, I, I, was, I had my concerns uh, going into Friday night that we may start slow uh, and, and miss some opportunities, and we did. But um, they overcame that. They recovered by the second quarter, and they played the way they were capable of. And, and since then, we haven't seen that drop off. I thought we had two very good weeks of practice um, for the two playoff games we've, we've played so far, uh, CBA and Liverpool. And I think at this point now, um, it's just been a matter for us of staying the course, sticking to our routine, um, doing what we know has worked for us this year, and that's all we're going to do. You know, we had our we had our typical Monday adjustment day yesterday, and we're going to keep rolling with our a typical week of preparation um, this afternoon. So it's a matter right now of us for just staying the course, staying focused on what we do best, and, and working to improve at it. That coming from Joe Corley, head coach of the West Genesee Wildcats. Very, very quick, coach. At the end of the game, uh, you you have a very special uh, moment with the team. You don't say, you know, one, two, three Wildcats or one, two, three West Jenny. You always say the name of the team that is up next. And just to speak on uh, that decision, where you got that from, that idea. And I know you and I have talked about it on the air, but I thought it was crucial to bring on the air and, and share this little nugget about the West Genesee Wildcats that after your win over Liverpool, it's it's 1-2-3 CNS or 1-2-3 or, or North Stars. So what can you say about the decision to do that and uh, where you got it from? I'm a big believer, you know, in enjoying the win. I, I think you have to enjoy um, all the work you put in, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating a win. Uh, I know the kids get together with their families. They go to the Wildcat, and I think that's great because they deserve to enjoy the win for all the hard work they put in. But I'm also a big believer in, okay, this one's behind us. Now it's time to move on to the next one. So as soon as that game's over, we're putting our focus on the next opponent, and that's that's what Saturday mornings have all been about. We, we, we do watch the game from the previous night, but we watch it with the intent of correcting our mistakes, learning from our mistakes so they don't happen the following week. So that's just my way of telling the guys, okay, this one's behind us. Liverpool's behind us. Right now we start putting our focus on CNS and moving forward, not looking back. 
That coming from Joe Corley, and Joe Corley has got a week of practice and preparation, and then you can go out and see them this Saturday at the Carrier Dome. Carrier Dome's been rocking for a lot of big games. This one will be another one of those. Section 3 championship between CNS and West Genesee. As always, Coach, I appreciate having you on the show. Always appreciate your time, and I'm happy that I didn't have any rapid-fire questions coming at me today. <laughs> no problem, Daniels. Those those questions sometimes are tougher than the ones I face on Friday, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm relieved myself. <laughs> well, have a good day, and I look forward to talking with you soon, and obviously seeing you this week. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, take care. That coming from Joe Corley of the West Genesee Wildcats once again. The West Genesee Wildcats and the CNS North Stars will face off against one another coming up here very soon on Saturday, November 3rd at 6 p.m., and that game will be inside of the Carrier Dome. The Carrier Dome is going to be open. Why? Because Syracuse is on the road playing Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which means that the Section 3 Championship will call the Dome home on Saturday, November 3rd at 6 p.m. CNS up against West Genesee, CNS undefeated, West Jenny with one loss. And who is it to? CNS. 27-10 in the regular season at the end of September. West Genesee looking to get that dub this time around. And CNS looking to try and looking to stay undefeated as we move forward. So a big-time game, a huge game, coming up between West Genesee, who I've spent a lot of time with, and CNS, who I've spent a lot of time with. So <laughs> I can't lose in this one because the kids are great and I respect both of the programs and and have have had a tremendous time covering both of them and having our Chick-fil-A Cicero events with with CNS and having our Wildcat Sports Pub events with West Genesee. And now it all comes down to them facing off against each other. And this is going to be truly an amazing game. I guess I'll be sitting directly in the middle of the stadium on the 50-yard line. So God bless to both teams as we get this thing set. West Genesee and CNS playing in the Section 3 championship. Great coach on one side with Joe Corley of West Jenny. Great coach on the other side, CNS, is Dave, Dave Klein. And obviously guys like Tyler Cook and, and Ben Rustay and Chandler McCavin and, and Brian Felix and Cole Wade and Brad May and and so on and so forth with Wes Jenny and for CNS, uh, Shy Broadwater and Jai McGriff and Jeremiah Willis and Connor Hayes and Jordan Seltzer. So many uh, great young men that are a part of both of these programs and, of course, uh, their coaches, their leaders, Coach Klein and, and, and Coach Corley. So big-time game coming up this Saturday. I will be in the Dome. You should be too. I hope you will be. Saturday, November 3rd at 6 p.m. They kick off inside of the Carrier Dome for the Section 3 Championship. Cannot wait for this event. And I am so thankful that we got Coach Corley on. We'll look to have Coach Klein on this week as well. With that being said, let's take a fast break. When I come back, I will be bringing you very happily conversations with Taj Harris and Jarvion Howard, two true freshmen of the Syracuse Orange who have both scored most recently against NC State and have both scored before that this season and been effective. These true freshmen are not wasting any time helping Syracuse to write a better future than the past that they've had recently. This is a wake-up call fast break. News 
is spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious nine ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90 inch monster. Watch your game, enjoy time with family, friends, as well as bringing the kids to the playroom. The SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines, as well as Robert Drummond, Syracuse football alum, and Dan Totoro's pregame show two hours before kickoff for every home game. Private parties available as well for as many as 300 people. Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo, 
Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always proud to have you here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and appreciate you being here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always on wakeupcalldt.com, facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, at calldt on Twitter, and at wakeupcall underscore dt uh, on Instagram. And for all of you that have been on the show before, you're like, Dan, I, I don't need this information. I know. <laughs> so it's a little inside joke. Okay, so I have I have this thing that I share I have this thing that I that I that I share with my listeners and and I challenge you, okay? So, if you haven't heard this before, this is a new challenge. And your challenge is that you can give me, now remember this is a family show. This is a family show. But you can give me a word or a phrase that I have to use in the show. And I'm opening that up this week. Okay? So, you got to give me a word or a phrase that I have to use in the show and keep it tasteful, but I have to use it. So the one that uh, I was given, now I'm still accepting one for this week, but uh, one over the weekend was was the statement, I know, but not that way. It was the creepish, I know. So so if you hear that at all during the broadcast and like, is Dan, is Dan okay? It just got weird. Then, uh, then that <laughs> it got strange. It got it got freakishly odd in that moment. That's where it comes from. So if you know, if if somebody says, "Oh, you know, Syracuse is six and two, and they look really strong," and I go, "I know," that's that's where that is from. So that was a test. So if you have a word or a phrase that you would like me to use on Wake Up Call with Dancator this week, keep it tasteful, make it fun, and send it over. And I will do my best to bring it into the show in some way, shape, or form, which I'm very excited about and slightly nervous. So, so I look forward to to having that uh, with each each and every single one of you. So we'll see what we have here and uh, and what we can do with this and 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 see what you send over to me. And speaking of sending over, I'm sending over to you my conversations right now. Oh, Johnny would like me to use the term Bojangles. All right, so today's today's word is Bojangles, and I will do my best to work in Bojangles to the show. Coming up in just a moment here, Taj Harris, wide receiver of the Syracuse Orange, sharing with me after the team starts 6-2 and two and grabs a victory over NC State, who was ranked at the top 25, which got Syracuse ranked in both polls for the first time in 17 years. I asked him about the trick play that helped set up this victory. That trick play that I put out on social media even tricked me. I tagged Eric Dungey in it and said, shout out, Eric, because you got me on this one. And he got a lot of people. Faked the handoff to Dante Strickland. Dante Strickland rolls out to the left, gets wrapped up and taken down for seemingly no gain or a loss. As he's getting wrapped up, all of a sudden the ball comes flying out. And Taj Harris catches it. He got in front of his defender and goes in for a 30-yard touchdown. Here is Taj Harris's thoughts on that trick play. 
Mm, uh, I mean, at that moment, it was like pretty much, uh, I just seen him rolling out towards me, and I, I knew he didn't pass a lot of scrimmage, so I spent off the guy, and I, and I just looked back to the ball, hoping he was throwing it, and he threw it. When, you know, plays like that, not, not just that play, but other trick plays, the one where Dungey pitched it out to Dante, and Dante sent it down the field to Sean Riley, just what you can say about taking those chances, opening up the playbook a little bit on offense. I mean, I feel like that just, that just keeps them on their toes. I mean, I feel like that keeps the defense honest and make sure like they're not uh, just you know coming down blitzing hard you know a lot of pressure on the quarterback I feel like that just like opens up the game and it like keeps us rolling make sure they on their toes when Dungey going back to your play when he fakes that to Dante and they go over to Dante they start to wrap him up and he rolls out when that ball came up just what you can say about you know where you were because you had gotten spacing you had what you needed to have just bring me into what you had to do in that play yeah I mean I, I could tell by the corner he might have thought that Dungey was past the line of scrimmage, but as he seen me turn away, he tried to react, but it was just a little bit too late. Dungey threw a good, good ball, especially being on the run, falling down. But, I mean, it was a good ball, good snag. Not just you, but Nikeem Johnson, Sean Riley, Jamal Custis, so many different guys getting involved. Just what you can say about the weapons on this team. I mean, I, I said it before in one of my earlier uh, interviews before. When everybody eats, it's just easy to roll. When everybody going, everybody making plays, it's hard to double team and bracket one person. So I feel like as long as everybody on their toes, it's hard to stop our offense. When you have guys like Nikeem Johnson and Sean Riley, speedy guys, smaller guys, they just find ways to get to the ball. Just what you can say about I mean, they had big days today, and they continue to impress, just to speak on Riley and Johnson. Yeah, Riley and Johnson, I mean, those guys, like, as you can see, the fastest, one of the fast, some of the fastest guys on the team. And I mean, they, they keep us alive, really, man. They're supposed to play down, I mean, drive after drive after drive, they come through for us. But I mean, those guys is great, man. Great other upperclassmen. You on one end, Custis on the other. Just what that does for this team and how maybe cheating a little bit toward him gives you that opportunity and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we feed off each other, man. I mean, everybody on the offense. It's like one person going, everybody going. And, you know, we just make sure we encourage everybody to keep everybody heads in and level because, we you know, when we all together, it's hard to beat us. This is your first season. But the team is bowl eligible at six and two. You have more work to do, obviously. But knowing that you're bowl eligible, just what type of pressure that takes off the shoulders? Uh, I mean, I mean, I expected that coming here. I, I could tell, like in the summertime, the guys was around. I knew that we had something good spurring up. And I mean, as long as we stay on our toes, you know what I mean, stay head on swivel. I feel like we're going to do good, finish out strong. How can you keep your focus? Coach said that he expects that you will celebrate accordingly, and then be ready for practice moving forward. How do you celebrate this, but then stay focused and say, yeah, you're 6-2, and two, but you don't want to lose another game, obviously? Yeah, I mean, we just going to stick to what we've been doing, man. Tomorrow we right back at it, back in the meetings, back in everything. But, I mean, I just feel like as long as we just keep doing what we're doing and we don't change up, we're going to stay solid. Lastly for me, DeVito and Dungey have been asked to both step up, especially recently. DeVito came in for one drive. Dungey went right back in. He was there for the whole second half. We see, we've seen what DeVito can do last game. Yeah. And then we saw Dungey take care of business. Just what you can say about having two explosive quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, it's just a blessing to have two great quarterbacks that any of them could play. And I mean, they're both great. I mean, I can tell over the summer, just working with the guys, I can tell, like, the dog. And they got, like, mentalities that a lot of people don't got. And they're very strong-willed. But I mean, that's just, that just helps our team and it just keeps us strong. Having a, a crazy quarterback like Dungey, y'all see him play, man. I mean, he just keeps us on our toes, man. He keeps us, keeps us going, brother.
Thanks, Tosh. Appreciate hey, it. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price.
Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com, which is cooler than a whisker biscuit. And I, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here on the show. Taj Harris was just on speaking after the team's 6-2 start. And true freshman Taj Harris, mind you, let me preface that. True freshman wide receiver Taj Harris, Mr. He-just-got-to-college Taj Harris, scoring touchdowns and making things happen and helping the team get to 6-2. and Jarvion Howard, also a true freshman, he's in the running game. And we start our conversation on if he believes the staff is trusting in the run a little bit more now. Um, I mean, it's just a way to, you know what I'm saying, win the game process. Um, whatever it takes to help us win. If the game, if the throwing is on, it's on. If the run is on, it's on. It's something I really can't control. I can only control what I can control. You being a true freshman and getting involved in this game and getting involved in the big plays, just what you can say about the staff's trust in you and your abilities? Uh, it just it just depends on how my week go um, and how well I pick up on pass rotation and, and all that. But, I mean, they just keep it real with me every week. Like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's just a test that I got to take on every week. You, Mo, and, and Dante have all gotten opportunities this season. Did you know, outside of running the ball, that, that Dante had a little bit of an arm on him? Yeah. <laughs> Because I have, I had seen some previous games from last year, um, so I wasn't really surprised. I mean, he was probably the best person to suit that uh, job. Um, but yeah, I did. I was going to ask you about that if if you or, or Mo can hang with him on throwing the ball down the field. Oh no, Dante pretty special on that. I mean. <laughs> We all got something that we're a little special at, but I guess that's just what he, he take on as a job, uh, throwing the ball. So. To have the run and, and you get the touchdown in the first half and then the team kind of went away from it, like you said, you use what's working or whatever they feel the game plan is best. But when you went away from the run, it looked like the team went a little bit stagnant and then back to the run in the second half. Did you feel like that was an important, crucial part of winning the game is going back to the run? Um. I really can't even say nothing about that. Um, it's just whatever's on is on. It's hard to really say. Um, anything can happen in the game. Any plays can be called. So whenever they call your number, call your play. Just 
Got to got to take on that. All of the weapons, not just yourself and Mo and Dante, but in the receiving game from Jamal Custis to Taj Harris to Nikeem Johnson to Sean Riley. Just what you could say about how multi-talented this team is and and how difficult you guys are to defend. We got a lot of players. Um, we just can't really single nobody out. You know what I'm saying? We got to come in and take this thing on as a team. Um, I wouldn't even single myself out as a running back position because you never know who's gonna be on the game. Um, Sean might be on this game, Todd might be on this game. You never know. Um, we all a team, so we really can't even really say. I spoke with Taj about it. This team has been thirsty for a bowl game for a while. Last one was 2013. There was a drought before that as well. So you haven't experienced that. Taj hasn't experienced that, being true freshman on the team. But just what you can say about maybe what some of the seniors or the guys that have been here have said about, you know, just making sure that, that they have a special season this season. I mean, we're not really even looking at it from the bowl game experience. We're looking at just taking every game one at, one at a time. Um, and it's just a, a bonus of doing that. Um, the guys obviously was hungry. I can tell by this summer that the older guys were hungry. They was tired of what was happening the previous year, um, just how they was taking it on at practice. Um, that's that's the main thing that will keeps me going. Keeps me going every each and every week. So, yeah. who were some of those guys that have been here? The kind of you know, really made an impression on you. Some of the guys that are the seniors that you said, you know, are tired or whatever it may be. Is there anybody that, that really has mentored you that had been here? Not really. I mean, I see everybody is hungry um, because it's based on our staff of coaching. I mean, we, they, they hold us accountable. Nobody is able to select or give up or, you know what I'm saying, just be relaxed on what they got going on because you got to understand that somebody is always breathing down your back. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not a. It's not a thing of just being content, being comfortable where you at, because you gotta understand. Like, if I was the person to take the job, you gotta always know that we got other good backs in the room. You got other, like other positions that got good players everywhere. So I mean, that's what keeps the team going. Just knowing that that coach is gonna always bring in good players, and we got good players here. So we just can't really get comfortable. Coach sounds a little bit hoarse after the game. What was the message and the celebration like in the locker room? It's just Coach Babers, man. You got to understand. <laughs> Coach Babers is going to be him each and every day. Um, that's him. He's like that at practice. Y'all just don't catch that part. We always catch the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You come to practice and see what's going on at practice. You'll see why each week, each and every day, each week, he's giving it off that that hardcore Coach Babers. It's not just there. It's not just on in the game. It's just it's what y'all catch. If you catch him at the practice, he sound horse just just like the game. Have you had a coach like him that has as much passion and as much kind of just that that ability to be a, a great public speaker and a great leader? Have you experienced anybody like him, or does he kind of stand alone? I can I can kind of say that every one of my coaches um, have always had that dog in them. Yeah. Like Coach Baby, um, because every I mean all the coaches was kind of hungry, and they always had like that experience and the knowledge for the game. So I mean every coach that I've been under was hungry. It just depends on who your players are around you. That would make you look like a, a, a good coach. Um, so that's, that's the main thing. Dino said to celebrate 
accordingly and then be ready for practice. Just what you could say about what that means and, and staying focused because you guys are both eligible, you're six and two, but you have more games. So how does this team stay focused and do you think it'll be difficult to stay focused? It's just basically being smart. I mean we can go, we can't have fun. But main thing was get it, have fun and just know we got a whole nother week to look ahead. That's what having fun means. Okay, we having fun, you gotta understand that we still are, you know what I'm saying, we still human. But we also we can have fun but we got Sunday to look at. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We back on the road. It's another week we gotta look ahead to like look to. So yeah. Is there any uh, do you think it's it's hard to stay focused knowing that you've achieved the bowl eligibility, knowing that you are six and two? Do you think there'll be any toughness in staying focused? No. It won't be any toughness, uh because we gotta we gotta understand that coach gonna remind you of being focused. I mean, yeah. You gonna you gonna fix it. <laughs> Believe me, you gonna fix it. Um coach he always keep our head clear, um on what's going on around you. It's time to lock in. Like he always says, no great, but you gotta lock in. Um that's the main thing I have to say about it. And before I let you go, Tommy DeVito, we know that he can step in and has made some huge plays. Yeah. We've seen what he's doing against Florida State, mm -hmm. the comeback and double overtime against North Carolina. And then we know that Dungy has obviously been a leader on this team for a while and did a lot of things here, especially in the second half, to make sure that that separation was on your side at the end of it all. What can you say about both of these quarterbacks and that it – the talent is there that either one of these guys can go out there and, and obviously win games. Whoever um, can get the job done at that point in time, they both good guys. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't look at nobody any different. I mean, they both play their quarterback position. Whoever want to step up, that's what I can't control. Um, that's only what Coach Babers can control. I, I can't have no say-so when, who's not. I mean, because if I had that say-so, I have a say-so over me. Uh, I don't I don't look at it like that. If Dante's on, if Moe's on, that's who's in. And I don't look at him no differently than what I do like any other day if we was just chilling at the house. Um, but Dante, um, Dante is a good guy. DeVito is a good guy. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't be here if they weren't good guys. It's <laughs> yeah. just whoever gonna take that take that role at that at that uh, that point in time. That coming once again from Jarvion Howard. Jarvion Howard, a rookie running back, true freshman running back for the Syracuse Orange, doing what he needs to do to help the team get to where they need to get to. And, you know, you got to shout it out, and it was perfect this morning to have Taj Harris on the show and also perfect to have Jarvion Howard on the show because we're talking about a new era of Syracuse football, and that new era of Syracuse football is aided by the newcomers to the team. And with no offense to anybody that came before, Jarvion Howard and Taj Harris don't know what it's like to lose in an orange uniform because they're 6-2. and two. They don't know what it's like to not go to a bowl game in an orange uniform because they're going to a bowl game this year somewhere. So, you know, that's the beauty of this for this team is that they're knowing success and they're knowing it early. So they, in their mind, Jarvion, I mean, yeah, they can see what happened to the team last year and in previous years, but Jarvion Howard right now and Taj Harris right now, they're looking at this team saying, okay, this is what we know. We know we can hang with anybody. We know we can beat anybody. We know Clemson didn't blow us out. 
We know that they didn't embarrass us. We know that Pittsburgh didn't blow us out. We know that they didn't embarrass us. So the only two losses we have, we very arguably could be 8-0. and Let's look at what we've done wrong. Let's look at where we need to get better. And even he said about this victory, let's look at this victory. Coach is going to make us look at this, and Coach is going to say, you need to fix what you did wrong, and we're going to fix it. You know, there's a respect for Dino Babers on this staff that are in, with throughout this team that if something needs to get fixed, they're going to fix it. You know, and, and, and Dino, you question, okay, the defense the last couple of years, and you question the uh, running after the punter, and getting flagged and losing the ball and then Ryan Finley throwing a touchdown on the next play. You know, you question certain things like that, and it, and that's understandable. You know, no coach is going to be perfect. No coach is going to be foolproof. But at the end of the day, when we look at what's going on and we look at where we're at right now, this Syracuse team is so much better than it used to be. This Syracuse team is 6-2. and two. They are relevant. They're ranked in the top 25. There is this, you know, regard for them that's, you know, they actually have something to offer this year. That they pose some type of a threat. And it's been a long time since Syracuse has enjoyed the opportunity to speak of, of something of that. And Taj Harris and Jarvion Howard are part of this change, part of this move over, part of this advancement. Nikeem Johnson. You know, he's, he's, he's a young receiver in this group. He's a sophomore. You got, you know, a ton of receivers, young guys in the game. You got Tommy DeVito, who's a redshirt freshman quarterback, will be the future of this team. And, I, and, and again, with all the praise that I've had for Tommy DeVito, you know, and please understand, and I've said this plenty of times, Tommy DeVito is a good quarterback. Has, okay, Tommy DeVito has done some good things and has the potential to be special. Eric Dungy has also been special for this team, and it's taken both of them to get the team to 6-2. and two. So I will take nothing away from either one of them, and you know you got to give a lot of credit to the wide receivers. And when these running backs get the ball and there's some trust and faith in them, we've seen some good things. It just needs to be consistent. And defensively, the defense looks tremendously better than they have the last couple of years. The last couple of years have been absolutely atrocious. They've given up over 30 points a game. And this year, the team is creating opportunities on defense. They're grabbing takeaways and, uh, and you know, forcing fumbles and getting interceptions and whatnot. So I give them a lot of credit. And then special teams, I mean, with Sean Riley and what Sean Riley is capable of doing has been tremendous on special teams on punt and kick returns for Syracuse. So there's a lot to be had about this year's team and why this year's team is special and why this year's team is 6-2 and two and, and what they can do. And to know that guys like Jarvion Howard and Tosh Harris, who you just heard on the show, they only know what it's like to wear orange and blue and be successful. And if that's going to be the mentality throughout, then buckle in, folks, because we may have a very fun ride on our hands. With that being said, I do want to get into the game because we didn't we didn't talk about the game uh, specifics yesterday. And Floyd Little is going to be on in less than a half an hour to give his thoughts. So if you uh, would like to read, which why wouldn't you? It's a free newspaper located on wakeupcalldt.com. There's categories for Syracuse football, Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball, the ACC, 
NCAA, the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the American Athletic Conference, and so much more. All you have to do is go to wakeupcalldt.com, click on the Right Now page. That is our articles page right now. It's a play on words because I write it. And right after I write it, you can read it now, whenever. You can read it in the moment. You can read it a year and a half later, 10 years later, two months later, three hours later. So click on the Right Now page and get all of these articles that I'm so happy to share with you. You can also get them on Facebook and Twitter by following the links that I put up on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and Twitter at Call DT. So... Syracuse's bowl eligibility is secured. The NC State Wolfpack landed in Syracuse with an overall record of 5-1. and one. Their only loss of the season coming a week before to the Clemson Tigers 41-7, losing by 34 but staying ranked in the top 25. Syracuse rolled out their 5-2 and two Orange, who were fresh off of a double overtime victory over the North Carolina Tar Heels at home in the Dome. After a 3-and-out by NC State, Syracuse received the ball for the first time, and the question was answered when senior quarterback Eric Dungey came in when all week there was no quarterback named. The Syracuse Orange began the game with an opening drive score through the uprights when redshirt freshman kicker Andre Schmidt, who's been tremendous, connected from 25 yards away to give the Orange an early lead with 10-20 remaining in the first quarter, 3-0. NC State responded with their own score, a touchdown off of a bomb downfield, Sophomore wide receiver Emeka Amizi caught it, who had broken free. The scoring play was 67 yards, coming from graduate quarterback and NFL hopeful Ryan Finley to Amizi, who took their first advantage of the game at 7-3 with 9.44 left in the first quarter. That advantage was short-lived, though, in less than a minute's time. 36 seconds after NC State scored their touchdown, Syracuse gets a touchdown with Eric Dungy rolling out, standing in the backfield, and launching the ball down toward Nikeem Johnson for an 82-yard score because Nikeem, who is a very speedy player, got out in front of his defender and ran into the end zone. So basically, Eric Dungy said, I see you, Ryan Finley, and I raise you. I see your 67-yard touchdown where your receiver broke free, and I raise you an 82-yard touchdown where my receiver did the same thing. 10-7 Syracuse. The Orange would score on their third straight drive to open the game when true freshman running back Jarvion Howard, who you just heard from, ran in from two yards out shortly after Dungy sent the ball down the sidelines to Jamal Custis for a 45-yard play. With six minutes and eight seconds left in the first quarter, Syracuse was ahead 17-7. Syracuse would punt on their fourth drive of the game, but would get the ball on the score on the scoring side of things again on their fifth drive when Dungy found Custis for Custis' second big catch of the game and his first touchdown. Jamal Custis, I thought good things of going into this season because the thing is his back was against the wall. Jamal Custis, this was his final season with Syracuse as a redshirt senior. So it's put up or shut up. They didn't utilize him in the offense and little by little, they worked him in here and there. But he was a guy that, yo, know, people started to question, if we got this tall wide receiver, why aren't we using him more? What's going wrong? What do the coaches not like? What are they not seeing? What is he not doing? This was his last year to prove himself. And prove it he has. 20-yard touchdown to give a 24-7 advantage. At the end of the first quarter, at the end of 15 minutes of play, Syracuse had already had what they've scored in games in the past. 24-7 they were leading, scoring on 80% of their drives in the first quarter, 4-for-5. 
It took NC State 13 minutes and 59 seconds until their next score came at 10.45 left in the second quarter. It's a field goal by true freshman kicker Chris Dunn from 25 yards away. A special teams blunder would overturn as an orange possession, the one that I talked about before, in the middle of the second quarter when Syracuse was flagged for roughing the kicker right after true freshman corner Ifatu Malafonwu had slapped the ball back ball away from redshirt sophomore wide receiver C.J. Riley to force a punt. So Ifatu Malafonwu was in single coverage, man-to-man, and slapped the ball away with his left hand, just knocked it right away from having any chance of getting to C.J. Riley, and that was well deep into NC State's territory. So NC State was punting from their own end zone. Syracuse is going to get the ball on the 50, maybe closer, and, and the staff elected to attack and got flagged for roughing the kicker, and that was the one I was talking about in the very next play. Kelvin Harmon, 74-yard touchdown pass from Ryan Finley, who dropped back, looked like he was faking the pitch, and or potentially pitching the ball, and then just threw it down the field. It looked like complete textbook work from a quarterback that's going to be playing in the NFL very soon. So all of a sudden, it goes from 24-7 to 24-17, and now it's a game. Syracuse had been scoreless in this second quarter after scoring 24 points in the first quarter. So the question was, when when are the points going to come, and will the points come in the second quarter? With 3.13 remaining in the open half, Chris Dunn hit another field goal to make it 24-20, being outscored 13-0 in the second quarter with Dungey at quarterback. Head coach Dino Babers brought in Tommy DeVito for one possession. After abandoning the run for the majority of the second quarter, the Orange tried junior running back Mo Neal, who went forward for seven yards on DeVito's first drive. DeVito went two for three on the drive, but it ended in intentional grounding and a Syracuse punt. So Dungey came right back out. After that one drive by DeVito, DeVito was only given just a maybe a minute on the field tops before Eric Dungy was welcomed back onto the field. And with Eric Dungy coming back onto the field, Syracuse was able to score. He gained 17 yards on a keeper and was able to get Andre Schmidt close enough. And Andre Schmidt has, you know, just been pretty much lights out this season in his first season kicking the ball for Syracuse, and he was able to get himself another field goal, 45-yarder. So that gives Syracuse a score in the second quarter of the game to put them ahead 27-20 to on NC State. So Syracuse survives, and it survives not having to be held scoreless in a quarter in that second quarter. Dungey remained on the field to begin the second half. The Wolfpack would grab onto Nikeem Johnson on a play where he seemingly wasn't even getting the ball. Uh, the ball was was looked to be in front of him too far, but they gave Syracuse 15 yards. Syracuse's offensive line would save the drive when Dungey had the ball stripped away, and they would pounce on it. After rushing just 13 times in the first half as a team, the Orange ran eight times on their opening second-half drive alone. Ending it in the end zone off of a quarterback keeper by Dungey. Syracuse takes a 34-20 lead with 9.15 remaining in the third quarter. Dungey had opened the second half a week ago against North Carolina the same way with a quarterback keeper for a touchdown. But against North Carolina, after Dungey had run in the first drive of the second quarter for the Orange for a touchdown on a keeper, there were five punts, a fumble, and a punt before DeVito came in. This time around, Dungey would take care of business. But... Not before Finley would go 4-for-4 four four on NC State's first drive of the second half, and graduate running back Brady Bodine 
would run it in from one yard out to bring the score back to a one-possession game. As much as Syracuse was leading in the beginning of the game and had just taken a lot of the energy onto their side to be up 24-7, all of a sudden it's a touchdown game again, 34-27 with 6-10 left in the third quarter. On Syracuse's second drive of the second half, Dungy got the Wolf Pack to bite, drawing Strickland on a fake handoff, drawing them over to Strickland. This is the one I'm talking about where Taj Harris got open. 31-yard score, 41-27 Syracuse with 4-11 left in the third quarter. Early in the fourth quarter, redshirt sophomore tight end Kerry Angeline grabbed 15 yards and a catch from Finley and was ruled down at the 1. Senior running back Reggie Gillespie would gain the lone yard needed. Now it's 41-34, and all of a sudden... It's a game again. Schmidt would attempt a 41-yarder on Syracuse's first possession of the fourth quarter, and it would grace the net, giving them a 44-34 lead with 9.39 to go. 7.23 to play in the game. Calvin Harmon got his second touchdown in the game. This one from 12 yards out, and now it's 44-41. And this was that was the craziness of the game, is no matter how much Syracuse did or how good Syracuse was or how Syracuse seemingly was always out ahead, NC State kept threatening them to potentially take over this game. On the Wolfpack's fourth possession in the second half, junior defensive end Elton Robinson brought the pressure on Finley, though, who got the ball out to junior linebacker Andrew Armstrong for the interception, giving Syracuse the ball. Andrew Armstrong had daylight, but he tripped and fell. Pass interference on the Wolfpack, once again trying to stop Nikeem Johnson, moved Syracuse to the NC State 7-yard line. This would be followed by consecutive run plays, the third a touchdown rush from five yards out by Dante Strickland to give the Orange a 51-41 lead. With the win, Syracuse is bowl eligible and defeats a top 25 ranked opponent for the first time this season. The Orange are 6-2 and two, and back to a winning record inside of the Atlantic Coast Conference now at 3-2, and two, which is extremely hard to come by if you look at this conference and top to bottom. I don't even know if you can say top to bottom about the ACC because every team can do something, and everybody's a threat. Syracuse has not been eligible for a bowl game since 2013, their first season as an ACC team. That was Scott Schaefer's final season as head coach, making this Dino Babers' first bowl-eligible season in three tries. The Orange had advanced to the bowl season three times in four years, from 2010 to 2013, winning all three, 2010 and 2012 pinstripe bowls over Kansas State and West Virginia, respectively, and 2013 in the Texas Bowl over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Syracuse won both pinstripe bowls under former head coach and football alum Doug Marone before winning the Texas Bowl under Scott Schaefer. So the first bowl-eligible season for Dino Babers comes three years in, and we look at what Doug Marone did to build this program and get this program back to something that was uh, getting some potential respect again, and essentially the dividends of that and working with him. I don't want to take anything away from Scott Schaefer, but I feel that uh, I feel that what Doug Marone did and how Doug Marone moved the team forward helped to create the opportunity for Schaefer in that following year, uh, right after Doug had left, to get to the postseason. And then Schaefer was able to win a game inside of the postseason. And then moving forward from there to see what happened from that moment after Schaefer had done that 
and uh, and gotten that victory. Syracuse obviously struggled from there. Schaefer ultimately was uh, let go from the team. And they banked on Dino Babers, who in three seasons has gotten the team back to bowl eligibility. So I think the Doug Marone era kind of, you know, found its way into that first season with Schaefer. And then it was all about rebuilding again. And now this team is not done by any stretch of the imagination, but they are building back to something prominent and they are finding some success under Dino Babers, which every Syracuse fan should be happy about and uh, and should be proud to see. We uh, Syracuse is ranked in the top 25 in both polls for the first time in 17 years. They're ranked 22 in the AP, and they are ranked 24 in the coaches poll. It's very weird to look at this and, and, and to see this. If you go and check out the rankings, and to see that that orange S is in the rankings right now, you almost are thinking, is this basketball? <laughs> you know, did they put Syracuse in the basketball side of things? But no, Syracuse is 6-2. and two. They are ranked 22nd in the AP, 24 in the coaches poll, like I said. And, uh, and definitely, uh, this is uh, an amazing thing. I know. So it, it's, uh, it's definitely been huge for Syracuse to be there. And, and again, I'm born and raised in Syracuse, been watching this team since I was, I don't know, one, and been covering this team for almost two decades. And I can tell you as a professional, I can tell you with utter certainty that looking at the polls right now, I'm like double taking and want to take like 500 pictures of this because I'm like, is this a mistake? Did they mistakenly put that? Is that supposed to be Michigan State? Is that orange S supposed to be there? Are we sure that this isn't basketball season? Are you confident that this isn't basketball season? So congratulations to Syracuse to be ranked and to be there. So Dino Babers helping Syracuse out to 6-2, and two, helping the team to have their first 4-0 start in, since uh, Marvin Graves did it back in 1991. So you look at all of the things that are happening. Right, first time in 27 years that Syracuse started a season 4-0. First time in 17 years they're ranked in both polls in the top 25 nationally. First time Dino Babers has a bowl eligible team, and Syracuse is six and two. And I know that these teams have played, you know, everybody's played somebody, you know, different and whatnot. But just to bring it into perspective, Florida, Penn State, Texas. Utah, Iowa, Virginia, and Boston College are all 6-2 and two with Syracuse. Just to let you all know. And if it comes down to it, right now Syracuse in the standings of the ACC is right behind Clemson with Boston College. If it comes down to it in the last game of the season and Syracuse continues to win and Syracuse defeats Boston College, then Syracuse will hop up over Boston College, and the only reason uh, Syracuse is three and two, Boston College is three and one, so they played one less ACC game, but they're both six and two overall. So Boston College holds that slight edge because they have one less loss. If it comes down to it, and Syracuse defeats them, they will finish the season behind. And this is this is insinuating that Clemson will win out. Syracuse will be behind only Clemson. In the Atlantic Division, which, and I know, I know, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Sarah, if Syracuse continues to win and overtakes Boston College and everybody else, Syracuse will be 
second in the Atlantic Division of seven teams in the ACC behind only Clemson. And if they had beaten Clemson, would have had an opportunity to play in the ACC championship game. So Clemson is 5-0 and in the ACC. They're 8-0 and overall. If for some reason they falter, Syracuse potentially has a fighting chance to win the Atlantic Division and play in the ACC championship game. And I just want to paint that picture, not saying it's going to happen. A lot of things have to go right for Syracuse that they can't control. I'm just making a statement that they have put themselves in a position to finish first or second in the Atlantic Division, where I thought that going into the season they would finish 7 out of 7. So thank you, Syracuse, for proving me wrong and for doing what you've done up to this point. And there's only four teams out of the 14 ranked in the top 25 in the ACC, and Syracuse is one of them. Clemson is is ranked in the top four. Boston College, 24. Uh, Syracuse, 20. This is by the AP. So Clemson, 2. Boston College, 24. Syracuse, 22. And Virginia, 23. So Syracuse is ranked above every team that's ranked in the uh, nation's top 25 in the ACC except for Clemson. So they are above Boston College and above Virginia and one of four teams out of the 14 that are ranked nationally in the ACC. So there's a lot of stuff that is being said right now which equals pay Dino Babers, which equals take care of Dino Babers. Make sure Dino Babers is happy. Make sure Dino Babers has what he needs, that he has the facilities and the coaches and the money that he needs to stay in Syracuse because they cannot afford to lose him, especially after all of this. Now, I put a poll out there of if you believe Syracuse after the win should be ranked. Now, obviously they are, but to get to your, a lot of you voted, and it was tremendous. I said, would you honestly rank Syracuse in the top 25 nationally after defeating top 25 NC State and becoming 6-2? and 89% of you said yes. Of over 100 people who voted in 24 hours, 89% of you said yes. 11% of you said no on Twitter. I put up polls on Twitter every single week. You can find them at CallDT. That's C-A-L-L-D-T. Just go and follow me there, and you will be taken care of, and uh, you'll be able to see all the polls and everything. On Facebook, I also put the poll out, and that had over 100 votes on Facebook. If you would rank Syracuse the top 25, 83% of you said yes. 17% said no. So very, very close on Twitter and Facebook. Of your voting in the 80s plus, as far as those of you that said yes for Syracuse being in the top 25 and you believing that they deserved to be there. Let's take a step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by Floyd Little in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price.
having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to canine campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound right lily so take a ride to 242 johnson street in east syracuse new york and see canine campground and where your dog will be staying in the classic cabin the executive cabin the grand cabin or of course the luxury cabin because if you know lily you know she loves luxury now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check caninecampground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. Caninecampground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us central and upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. 
DT, very happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, doing what I love, living my dreams, and not letting anybody stand in my way. Syracuse is doing the same thing right now. The team is 6-2. and two. They have not been blown out or embarrassed by anybody. Hung with Clemson in Death Valley, where Clemson hasn't lost since 2016. And they also hung with Pittsburgh, longtime rival on the road, into overtime. They took those two losses and found a way to get back to two wins here in the second part of the season, the second season, so to speak, of 2018. They're 6-2. and two. They're bowl eligible. They're ranked in the top 25 in both polls for the first time in 17 years. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and I can't find anybody better than somebody who I consider a friend, somebody I consider a mentor, a teacher, and, uh, and someone who I've always appreciated his words of encouragement and his positivity. So it is with great praise and appreciation that I welcome him back to the show. Floyd Little, how are we doing today? Hey, Dan, good. It was good seeing you uh, after the game. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come back. Dino is a personal friend, and uh, to get a chance to give his family a hug, his daughters and his wife, his dad, Susan, and uh, I just enjoy being a part of Syracuse's family. I'm, I'm, I'm just in my world when I'm around my friends at Syracuse. And when you when you come in and, and you get to be around everybody, I, I gotta I gotta say this before we go into uh, a few of the people is that uh, you always dress very well, and and orange looks good on you, Mister Little. So you you got <laughs> the orange shirt, you always got the suit on, you got the hat with the suit. Just bring me into uh, the style, and and do you dress you? Is is Deborah helping you out a little bit? Let me know. <laughs> Man, you've known me a long time. I got to represent. I not only represent me, I represent the university that I love and that I've attended. So when I go out in public, then, you know, when you see me, you you know, I represent Syracuse University. And uh, that's why you don't see me often in things that don't represent me or the university that I attended. And it works out for you dually because the Denver Broncos are orange and blue, so you don't lose out on that either. <laughs> Correct. We better get a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That Kansas City team is pretty fierce. But so you had the opportunity to, you know, be around Dino, who, who obviously, like you said, uh, you know him and his family and, and are friends with them. And you got to be around uh, somebody who I appreciate and respect a lot too. One of your best friends, Herm Frazier. Yeah. So uh, yeah. what was it like to to see Herm and and see the Babers family and and everybody this past weekend? Well, it was great. I, you know, I knew I would be coming back for the North Carolina State game. I know it's been a, a team that we have had trouble with beating. And uh, we had another guy there that used to be our offensive coordinator, George McDonald, working for him and get a chance to have him as well. But uh, coming back, it's always good to see the players. You know, I had a, a good uh, visit with uh, Dungey after the game to talk about who he is, what he is. He's a real warrior. He just can't take anything away from a guy that battles. His, his problem, I thought, early on was trying to carry everything on his shoulders. For the last seven quarters up until last week, he was struggling because he is so competitive and he wants to win in the worst way. And He just fell off of his normal way of doing things, but he sure found it back again the first part of the game against uh, North Carolina State. So you get a chance to talk to the running backs, got a chance to hug uh, Strickland and, and uh, some of the guys, uh, Chris Elmore, got a chance to put my arms around these guys. These are guys that I think has got a lot to offer and to give to the university. Sean uh, is a good friend. 
just kind of reminds me of me, a good returner, a good receiver, a guy that just does everything for his team in spite of his size. He don't recognize he's only 170 pounds. He's just a football player. And they, these are the kind of guys I like uh, and watch and because uh, these are games that we're not supposed to be a part of. So I just enjoy seeing and inspiring. I talked to uh, on the sidelines. I had a chance to visit with eight uh, recruits and uh, and their and their families and their parents and uh, had a chance to talk to them individually and uh, embrace them and, and uh, to know that uh, the majority of them made a quiet commitment to me that this is where they want to be. So I'm glad I'm able to help out in any way I can. So it's just good being around. Uh, you know, I miss it. This is my family, Dan, and I, I kind of miss being around them. And uh, speaking here with Floyd Little, uh, you, you made the uh, the decision to head back to Vegas. Like you said, you you, you miss you miss being around. So you know what what's kind of the plan? Will will we see you more? I know you come in for a lot of events. I know you still help out the university and John Wildhack and 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 kind of the message around the country, but. What is the future hold for Floyd Little? Because you say you miss it here, but Floyd, I, I miss my guy I get to sit down with and, and just have you know a little fireside chat. So for me personally, I'm sad that you left. So can we get you back a little bit? Well, yeah, I, you know, after being gone for a year, I, I wish I hadn't left. It comes down to that. I celebrated my best friend's birthday yesterday, uh, Herm Frazier. Uh, till 11 o'clock at night. The restaurant was closed and we're still in it. <laughs> and uh, just having seen him and being around him and, and having the opportunity to celebrate his birthday yesterday, not only at the field house, but also I took him and his wife to dinner. And we sat and we you know, watched a little bit of the Monday night game, but most of all, we, we communicated and talked about what's going on around the university and uh, I just wish that I was still a part of it in some way so uh, I travel with the chancellor from time to time to alumni functions and it just warms my heart it, it, you know I stand up and I represent Syracuse University and, and it's a prideful moment for me so I don't know what the future holds but uh, I wish I had stayed on a little longer well, hindsight being twenty twenty, and like you said, you know, you wish you had stayed. What made you leave? Did you just kind of feel like it was time to, you know, retire a little bit? I mean, what what ultimately made you make the decision? Well, I think that it was the wife who had just finished her. She was schooled out. She had got an undergraduate degree, a master's degree, and an degree in advanced studies. So the whole time I was here, she was in class and studying and. As a student, you get burned out, and she was wanting to go home. I didn't want to go home. So a lot of the reasons why I left was because she was ready to leave. And, uh, you know, she's from here, parents live here. And, but she, as a student, she had, you know, going, leaving school and coming back 20 years later is very, very hard. She's sitting in classrooms with 18, 19-year-olds uh, who has a hell of a lot more knowledge than she has about what she's trying to do. And she had to work twice as hard, and I understand that because I had to work twice as hard. But she was, uh, she's had it. She had bought a home in Vegas, and I want to go home. I want to go home. So I accommodated her and said, "Okay, I'll go. I'll go back to Vegas with you." 
and it wasn't a month before we thought, well, maybe we should have thought about this a little longer. <laughs> We're not ready to be, be retired, but uh, it's okay. I still maintain contact and still support the university, still come back many, many times for different functions and still get a chance to travel with the chancellor to meet a lot of the alums at the alumni functions and have a chance to sit with him and talk with him and talk to the people from the university and it just, you know, I'm, I'm a Syracuse guy. That's, that's the bottom line. And uh, I wish I, uh, I still miss being around my family. Is there a chance, Floyd, that we could get you and Deborah back? Uh, I'm sure she'll jump at it in a minute. <laughs> she would jump. Dan, you wouldn't have to ask her twice. She'd be in a sprinter stance, ready to go. <laughs> That coming from Floyd Little. Floyd, I got to talk to you about this team. You, you picked very good timing. Did you have any inkling, like you said, Syracuse has struggled against NC State at home and on the road, but did you have any inkling that this could be the moment? Because you picked one one heck of a time to come back to Syracuse to see this team become bowl eligible because you stood out in the crowd. You asked the fans to believe in Dino Babers. You asked them to believe in the process. And then here we are in season number three, and the team is bowl eligible, and they still have four games to go. So did you have any inkling that this could be the moment when you were coming back here to Syracuse, or did it just be, uh, what was it, a, a, happy, a, a happy coincidence, so to speak? Well, it was a happy coincidence, but, you know, I communicate with uh, Coach Babers after every game. Uh, we have text after every game to uh, talk about, what's going on and what's happened. Actually, Dan, they should be undefeated. I mean, within a minute and 30 seconds in the first game, a minute and 30 seconds in the second game that they lost, they, they were winning. I mean, in the year before, I mean, a lot of the commentators last year was talking about this team. They saw the potential in this team. And we were just playing top teams in the, top 25 and holding our own with LSU, Miami, North Carolina State. I mean, all the teams that we played, nobody really was hurting us. And even start this year, we played the second team ranked in the country in Clemson. Had them. Should have beat them. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Our worst game all year or all last two years was against Pittsburgh. We went in overtime. Should have beat them. Uh, but we came back against North Carolina and North Carolina State did what we had to do. This team is finding its way. We had a problem with finishing. I think now they've find, finally found a way. Not only that, we got two excellent quarterbacks. Either one of them could play. So you got a guy like uh, Tommy DeVito that's a retro freshman that's got all the skills that you would want in a quarterback. And you got a, a real talented warrior and Eric Dungey, who has been carrying this team on his shoulders, now he don't have to carry the team as much as he had in the past. So when you got that going, you got a great defensive line that we haven't had in forever. Offensive linemen keeping keeping them at home. Dungey's only been sacked a couple of times, and that's when he's lost his, his rhythm a little bit. But uh, we're moving in the right direction. We're kind of getting rid of some of the mistakes that we made. It was a mistake when we uh, tried to block the punt. We had them where we wanted to. That could have been disastrous for us. But once all of those things get ironed out, uh, this team is going to be a team that other teams are going to have to deal with. Uh, we got four more games to go. We, we, we should we should beat uh, uh, this team that we're playing this weekend. 
Uh, we've had problems with them last year. We played them in the rain and lost. But this is a team we should beat. Uh, Louisville has is, 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 is not really been playing well this year at all. Uh, I see the last time we played Notre Dame down in New York, we had them right where we wanted them and let them get away. We're a better team now than we were when we played them down there. And uh, Boston College, I think, is the biggest challenge in the last games that we have to play. We should be week four this week. We should beat Louisville the week after. We should beat Notre Dame. I think we're going to have as little problems as we always had in the last game of the year with Boston College. They got a dynamite runner. We stop him, we win that one. So you got a team that the minimum should be eight and eight and four, eight and two at the end of. Uh, this go around. So I think, you know, you got a team that that uh, should win eight games this year. I mean the worst the worst case of scenario is eight and four. Nick. And uh, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, coming from Floyd Little, Syracuse living legend and NFL living legend as well. Floyd, the team is ranked in the top 25 in both polls for the first time in 17 years. The last time it happened was back in 2001. Now they're ranked at 22 in the AP and 24 in the coaches poll. This is something that was brought up in conversation. I brought up on the show the last couple weeks, should they have been ranked earlier and it finally happens for them. They finally get into the rankings. What does that mean to you to know, here's Dino Babers in year three. The team is 6-2. and two. They're bowl eligible. They haven't been shut out or embarrassed in any game. They, like I agree with you, very well could be 8-0. and oh. They have hung in Death Valley. They've hung on the road against Pittsburgh, which is always difficult for them. They're ranked in both polls. They are in the top three in the Atlantic Division of the ACC and still arguably, mathematically, could win that division or at least show up second. So when you look at all of those things and the defense getting better, what does it say to you? Because it's not like we're talking about one really good Syracuse moment or nugget. We're talking about seven, eight, nine of them at this point. No, exactly right, Dan. I just think and look at this team and has as it continues to grow and build and get more confident, the, the, the greatest thing is you got a, another quarterback standing in the wings waiting to step in and do some things. I really enjoyed when he got in there and moved the ball right down the field. He wasn't nervous about what he was doing. Uh, Tommy DeVito got in there and he showed the people that he's capable and he's ready to step in anytime we need him. We need that. We need that. You know, we need the receivers to continue to catch the ball. Uh, I just think that defensively, the pressure that they've been putting on quarterbacks and the sacks that they've had, it's been something that I have not seen in the Syracuse defense in the last seven or eight years. So, uh, and we continue to grow. I talked with uh, eight uh, recruits on the sideline, and their parents, was, as I walked up and down, they were there, had a chance to visit with them individually. And... Uh, I would be very, very surprised if all of them didn't sign up yesterday. So, I mean, we're getting the kind of quality player we need, four, three, four, five stars. And if we continue to do that and we continue to win and we continue to show out and we continue to be competitive like we have been, we continue to throw the ball and move the ball up and down the field like we have, continue to put that many points on the board uh, against great teams, uh, you're going to have receivers and tight ends and running backs wanting to be a part of that. And it's a growth spurt that we're starting to have. And uh, 
the people and the quality of people we're getting. Some of the red shirts that uh, I talked to, this not Dual Adams kid, the running back. It's the kind of running back, not thinking, taking anything from Moniel or Dante Strickland, but he's the, he's the kind of running back that can really uh, help put the pressure on the defense a lot more than it's being done today. So I just look at what's coming, and what's coming is quite nice. That coming from Floyd Little. Floyd, before I let you go, you were part of the task force of finding a new head coach for Syracuse while you were at Syracuse University. You and Herm Frazier going as part of this group to find the right piece, the right fit. Hindsight 2020, what did you see in Dino Babers? What did you like about him? What made you believe in him? Well, he was a coach that had done so many great things. Herm had knew him when he was in Arizona. I watched him when he was at Bowling Green. And the players that he had at Bowling Green wasn't the quality of players that we had here. I watched him win a conference championship. Watched him go to Detroit and win a conference championship after two years coming out of Baylor. I mean, I just said that we need a guy that can communicate and has the, I had one of my friends call me and says I've never seen a coach on the sideline have the control of his emotions as much as Dino. He said this is this guy after Kip you know, ran into the punter uh, and came over to the sideline. Dino was not hollering and screaming and grabbing by the face mask. He's the kind of coach that's got his emotions under control, and I've never seen that in a coach who somebody who's made a mistake like that so he's kind of got the quality and i'm telling you dan if i were a coach that would be me i would be a dino baber so i have that much respect for how he handles his players it's not just coaching them but consulting with them and teaching them he's not only a coach he's a teacher and the things that he's showing and teaching these young men are the things that I would love to have had the opportunity to do if I were a coach. But this is the thing that I did as a assistant to the athletic director. I've written 25 letters of recommendations to law school, grad school, med school for a lot of our student athletes, male and female, and all of them have gotten in. And just mentoring these young minds and young kids, or young adults, I should say, they're not kids, it's, it's been the a blessing for me and all I'm seeing is an extension of that through through Coach Babers I sit with him I talk with him we laugh we talk he always comes from around his desk and sit on the couch with me and we have a lot in common the two of us he's a military background so am I and uh, he has a saber that somebody gave him I have a saber that somebody gave me he has the players that he's gotten in the pros on his wall all the names of all the players that he's had an influence in their life. It's just these kinds of little things that people don't know. <coughs> Pardon me. And that I see and I know as a guy that's been around the sport for 50 years plus, I see the kind of coach I would like to be coached by. I see the success that he's had. I see the relationship he has with his players. And I admire that, Dan. I admire how he handles himself, not only with his players, but on the, uh, during the game. So uh, we saw that, uh, Herm and I, uh, when we were interviewing him. A couple of the other guys that we were interviewing, the, the guy that's at, uh, the guy that's already gone out of uh, University of Florida, Florida, uh, 
Good. Central Florida, Scott Frost. Yeah, Central Florida, Scott Frost, and the other guy that's down at uh, Maryland. He was. These are two guys we interviewed, and we didn't take either of them. Scott Frost went back to Nebraska, where we always knew he wanted to go. He was just using us as a stopping stone, stepping stone. But he wanted to be in Nebraska, and he has been struggling. I think he's won his last two games, but he lost his first three. So he's a he was one of the coaches that we looked up. But when we talked to Dino, it was just a different feel, a different you know, a different feeling uh, in the room, a different level of confidence. Not only his record spoke for itself. But uh, having a chance uh, to be a part of him and he be a part of us, we're happy that we made that choice. And in making that choice, obviously, with all the success that that Dino has had uh, this season and then you add in the wins over Virginia Tech, a top 25 team, and Clemson when they were the reigning national champion, and recruiting and the type of players that he's bringing in and the improvements that have been made and being ranked in the top 25 He's obviously going to have teams calling upon him. What does Syracuse need to do? Do you feel like Syracuse has it in place? And the and you and I spoke about when Mark Coyle was at Syracuse that it was a, a six-year plan with Dino Babers. I don't know if that adjusted or changed with John Wildhack, but what can you say about you know moving forward? Because obviously Dino is going to catch the eyes of other programs, and I would think Syracuse would be best served to to keep them home. So how do you make this happen, and, and how much do you know about uh, if anything changed when when Mark Coyle had left? Well, nothing's changed. But we when we brought Dino and we gave him a six year deal. Uh, I think it's time to bring him in. That when he, after the next victory, I said, what is it going to take to keep you here? Because I know there's a lot of people after him. A lot of people after him now, there's a lot of people after him last year when he was only four and eight. So, I mean, he's got the quality of what people want for their student athletes. So regardless, uh, we need to figure out what to do to say, what do you need to make you happy to stay with us? Uh, a lot longer than the next two years. I think his contract is up in two years, and uh, we need to figure it out. I'm not in that room anymore. I don't have any influence anymore with anybody. But if it were me, you know, I was in the locker room after the game. And I've been in the locker room, you know, after other coaches, after Marone and, uh, and, and, and other coaches, I've been in the room with them. And this guy in the room after a game, it's incredible. You've seen some of it uh, after the Clemson game, after some of the other big wins. Uh, but this this was huge in the locker room. I just love his conversation with his players. And it's almost like it's rehearsed because they all fall in line and they do their little thing. And uh, I got this big smile on my face and uh, seeing the players go by, uh, going to the shower and giving them all hugs and, and congratulating them on a great win. They're a team, they're a family, and it's not, this is not like most teams. So we we had something very unique and different. We, we kneeled down after after uh, the game, win or loss, and say the Lord's Prayer, and uh, thank God for our safety and uh, whatever win or, lose, win or loss, and come together as a team. And we stay as a team. We stay as a family. Now, he has instilled that family 
in his players, all of them. I mean, you know, they're not hanging around their locker and doing things with their heads down. No, they are all with eyes open, heads up, looking right at you and uh, participating in the wins and the losses, and that's very unique. A couple uh, quick things before I let you go, Floyd. Do you feel, kind of going off of that, do you feel that even though this isn't Dino's home and maybe this you know, wasn't his plan when he set out to be a coach to, to end up in upstate New York, but do you feel that this is a special place for him? Do you get the sense when you sit down and you talk with him that this could be a home to him? This could be a place to build a future. Do you see him as somebody that would want to hold on to this program for a while? What's what's kind of your 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 gut tell you when it comes to seeing him and and the potential future of him here? Yeah, he can easily convert. His kids are gone, except for one who's graduated. The other two are married. His wife likes it here. They have a good. They have a feeling of being welcome. So when I'm in their presence and it's not as often as I would like it to be but I'm in their presence quite a bit we have a great relationship his, his daughters call me Uncle Floyd so I just I love his kids I love his wife uh, I love him and uh, I think he can find a home here uh, if we can continue to move in the direction we're moving yeah I think he, he he's not antsy to be going anywhere uh he made a commitment here. He's an ex-military person. His word is his mind. I don't think he's going anywhere because he's going to commit to what he said he would do, and that's build this football team. And he will bring this program back in the next couple of years. And my final question for you, Floyd, is uh, that I finally got the opportunity. I've gotten to speak with you, obviously, and and over the last uh, you know eight years, seven, eight years, I uh, extremely, uh, truly value our relationship. I've had the opportunity to, to speak with Jim Brown and and uh, just recently had the opportunity to speak with the man whose jersey is now in the rafters, retired, number 47, Joe Morris. Yeah, Joe. What can you say about Joe Morris and, you know, the, the, the type of player that he is? And even though he's not part of the legend of 44, he is part of the greater legend of what I think should be called RBU, which is Syracuse University. So uh, bring me into your thoughts on Joe Morris and coming to the Dome and seeing his jersey up there. Well, Joe could have worn a number if he wanted to. It's just like Larry Zaka. They chose not to endure the kind of pressure it would take to wear that number. They didn't want, they didn't want it. But I don't want sure, I don't want it. Uh, I, it was put on me by, by Ben. I, I didn't know I was going to wear the number. He just said, hey, this is your number. Good luck. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. But no, Joe was a great runner, great player, played with the Giants. I, I admired him forever and a day. I remember one picture we took at a, an event that Syracuse had, and Joe was sitting at the table, and uh, Jim Brown was sitting at the table, and I was sitting at the table, and there was a picture of us with, with Joyce Hergehan, uh, who is a great uh, alum for Syracuse and, and I think a trustee. And and I asked everybody, I said, what do these players, what do these people at the table have in common? And nobody knew. And I said, all, we're all running backs from Syracuse University. Just like when I sent the picture to uh, Tom Coughlin, it was me, me and uh, uh, Jim Brown and Larry Zonka at the Hall of Fame last year. And I sent the picture to... to, to uh, to Coughlin, I said, where are you? Well, we're holding a seat for you. Uh, and people said, well, 
what's the purpose of this picture? I said, where else are you back? And he said, oh, <laughs> I see. I see. You're right. I forgot that Jim Brown played at Syracuse or Larry Zonka played at Syracuse. So that's nothing to forget. <laughs> We're all Syracuse <laughs> running backs, you know. We're all in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Come on. So, yeah, I just think Joe Morris had, had a great career. He had a great uh, career here at Syracuse. He's well thought of. I was so happy to see finally see his number uh, recognized and retired. Uh, Joe is a personal friend, and, uh, and I kind of like him. Uh, he and I were pretty much, I was just a little bit taller than he was. But uh, Joe is a great uh, ambassador for Syracuse University and a great running back for, for Syracuse during his time. My final piece for you, Floyd, is uh, we do a signature segment here on the show called Ingredients to Success, which is brought to you locally by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. And in the Ingredients to Success, I pick a topic every week and go forward with that and my ingredients for a successful road for that topic. Syracuse football, give me the ingredients to success for them moving forward at 6-2 and two with four more games to go and a bowl game. What are your ingredients to success, your words of advice to the team? Well, I would tell them that, uh, you know, always never say I wish I had or I should have. That's my favorite stay. I mean, you know, you got there's three kinds of people in the world, those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that don't know what happened. Every day you walk on the field, you don't leave until you make something happen positively. And I just keep fighting, never give up. When that one great mark comes to score against your name, it will count not who won or lost, but how you play the game. So play the game with every ounce that you have and never say, I wish I had or I should have. Just do it. Just do it. And if they take that attitude in every game, and they look in each other's eyes and say, I'm going to give you all I got today. I won't let you down. That's the formula for success in any team. And that's what needs to be said. We got this. That's the greatest words I've ever heard from one of my teammates. I got this. I look at their offensive linemen, and they call a play that's assigned to me to carry. And when those guards look up at me and say, I got this. Man, that's the greatest thing that could ever happen for a running back is when your offensive line tell you, I got this. Don't worry. He won't be there when you get there. <laughs> that's a commitment. That's a commitment. So uh, I think these are the kinds of things that Dino does with his team. He huddles them up. He looks at them. And he tells them, don't worry about it. You got this. You got this. And uh, this is what's going to happen uh, the rest of the season. They've found a way now to get to the next level. They've been talking about it. They've had the ability. They had some of the talent there. Now they got to put it all in use. When they start using a double tight end with Custis and, and Ravion Pierce, it's going to wreak havoc for a lot of the defenses. Two big, strong tight ends with the ability to catch the ball. It's going to be hard to stop. And as they grow and learn and get better and better every week, uh, as they prepare for the next game and the next game and the next game, 
I'm telling you now, they're going to surprise Notre Dame. They're going to surprise them. I know it's game by game. It's Wake Forest first. And, and that's the philosophy you should have. But when they get in New York and Notre Dame comes in with all their fans and they have more fans than we got, and we live in New York, and that's unfortunate. But I'm grateful for the fans that came out. Uh, that's how this should be. When I look at TV games uh, across the country, the fans are full. I mean, the stands are full. I look at the Syracuse games, the stands are not as full. Now we're six and two. Let's come on and support the team. We need that 13th man, that 12th man. We need that 12th man. Let's come out and say to our team, we got this. That coming from Floyd Little, we got this. Floyd Little, Syracuse <laughs> legend and NFL legend and a great friend. Floyd, it's always good to see you. And as you know, whenever you get five minutes to step away, you call me and I'll be there, and that is a promise. <laughs> All right, Dan. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Have a great day. You bet. That coming from Floyd Little. We got this. And you know what? To everybody out there that's in my corner in a very tough time in my life, I got this. We got this. Let's do it. Ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Beats Company. It's a Utica thing. Did Utica Beats Company and It's a Utica thing think that when they signed up with me years ago that Floyd Little was going to give the segment, that he was going to give you the ingredients to success, and one of the most profound public speakers was going to be a part of your segment? That's what we do here on Wake Up Call. Constantly growing, constantly evolving, constantly creating, and constantly giving back to the community. I love you all. I appreciate you all. And I thank you all for being a part of this broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We will be here this coming or this Wednesday, October 31st, for a Halloween special spooktacular. And I will have the American Athletic Conference. Every single one of the 12 coaches will be on the broadcast, as well as representation from the Syracuse Stallions, who played their first game ever in the history of pro basketball back in Syracuse with the ABA. They're ranked in the top 25 after their Week 1 win nationally. And the Syracuse Stallions uh, won their game as well. And that we will be talking on tomorrow's broadcast. And you will also hear Dino Baber's thoughts to me after the game. So, so much coming up tomorrow from Dino Baber's to the American Athletic Conference to everything that we have going on and, and, and all of the wonderful things that, that I have to share with you, the Syracuse Stallions, and, of course, the Halloween special of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. So make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you check it out. And we're always on right here on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless you. God bless all of your loved ones. Please feel better, and, uh, and to everybody out there, including Eric, Tara, and Mason, please get well, take care of yourselves, and uh, to everybody out there that spreads hate and negativity toward me or anybody else, I pray the best for you. I hope for you, not that you succeed in spreading your hate, but that you find the help that you need, the health that you need, and the love that you need to become a, uh, a person who does not go out and hurt other people, but instead helps other people. So that's what we do here on the show, and that's how we live. So, And that's how I'll always be. 
God bless you all. Special thanks to everybody that was on the show today. Big thanks to Joe Corley, head coach of the West Genesee football team. The Wildcats will be playing against the CNS North Stars at the Carrier Dome this Saturday, November 3rd at 6 p.m. for the Section 3 championship and the rights to move on. And I also want to thank Jarvion Howard, Taj Harris, and 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 the man, Floyd Little, a good friend of mine. Uh, never, ever <laughs> thought in a million years that uh, I would get to interview Floyd Little, let alone uh, be a part of his life. So I love you, Floyd, and I know you know that. Have a great day, folks, and I'll talk with you tomorrow.